more dangerous than an email from Jared from Subway is Cape Crisis. <laughs> I don't think you even deserve that. Um, I want to. I, I want to be topical in these now. I like Cape being Crisis. Topical. Read fresh. You want topical? I'll <laughs> I'll read this straight off the bat because I'm still reeling from what? it. My landlord just called me downstairs, and it made me want to say <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/LazerTime. <laughs> Because we got a noise complaint last night during a uh-huh. video game apocalypse recording, and he didn't threaten anything, but mm-hmm. passive mentions were made to eviction, operating a commercial property, na- written complaints by neighbors. Uh. So I just would like to point out one more time before this thing all comes crashing from beneath <laughs> our feet, uh, patreon.com slash laser time. Mm, I don't interesting. know. If, if anybody knows anything about soundproofing or uh, mm. anything. Well, I was not involved in this podcast, so I, I, am, I am washing my you're hands You're right. You're that totally one. blameless. Yeah, totally, uh, completely Hope you show blameless. up next week for Monday Night Movies. Cause no problem. That's, Ooh. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I just think of that. Just well, anyway, saying. Hey, we should be, what we should be doing is introducing ourselves. I had to get that out of my chest because <laughs> I'm just like, it's like someone just punched me in the stomach, man. <laughs> Well, this is Henry Gilbert, the host of this Cape Crisis, the Laser Time Podcast Network's number one comic book podcast, <laughs> and that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. You've thrown me completely off my patter here, Chris Antista. Blame my landlord. He threw me off. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's blame him. His name is... Uh, no, 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 do that. He's a nice dude. Jesus nice Christ, dude. Man. He did not threaten anybody, but he definitely let me know. If you're making noise complaints, please realize how in the wrong you are right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, we have back from his sabbatical last yeah. week at Magic Camp. That upset is... me so much that I didn't do Dave's homework. Yeah, Dave that, and that's when we should discuss what your punishment is. You had yeah. two. Yeah, you, well, you double, had, double you had the homework. two weeks to I read this homework. I was homework. busy as as uh, one of the um, the, the comment or uh, mm-hmm. Twitch yes. commenters said. Uh, Earlier in the week, he said uh, he asked how my magic camp was, and it was busy. My ca- yeah. magic camp was busy, <laughs> well, but I learned so many spells. But I can't, I can't turn back time. Did you learn how to cut yet. the bulls? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you learn Lemgardium Leviosa? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, Oculus Repairum? Is that what she says when she fixes his? When you break yeah. your Oculus Rift, you need it. Uh, well, let's just dive straight into it, because in the second half, we've got a ton of more uh, Fantastic Four talk to get into, oh no. not just from the commenters who, in the forums, people had tons of great comments, really? but also talking about our Denny's excursion and what yeah. everybody else thought of it with that YouTube. great video. YouTube.com slash Laser Time Network. It's a great video edited by uh, Laser Tony Wilson, yeah. and d- in my opinion, doesn't have... Z- doesn't have enough watches, watches, but more views than the normal laser time video for sure. No, it was, and it as if to so. validate its quality, it's deservedly so. Yes! I'm giving you a noise complaint for that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to be me. Uh, but I read a ton of stuff before as we get into what you've been reading, mm-hmm. and uh, though I also wanted to tell you guys, speaking of self-promoting things, early in the show. You should be reading the top seven I wrote this week mm. called Canceled Comic Book Games That Deserve a Second Chance. Yeah. They're all very promising looking comic book games that, honestly, like THQ's Avenger game probably was garbage if we would have <laughs> played it, but it can't be worse than Battle for Earth. It just simply it, it can't, can't be. be. Well, that was a mobile game that somebody decided to charge $50 for. <laughs> 60 $60 for. a game, man. Yeah. Uh, but what I have been reading this week is long is a long list because I've read a lot <laughs> of new stuff today. So first off, the second issue of Mark Wade's Archie came out. Oh today. no! I wanted to catch up with that. It was really good. It's a really fun book, and it it had number one. It had this really interesting new origin for Jughead, and uh, or this interesting backstory for Jughead that explains grew like, up starving. Why is no no? But why <laughs> why does Jughead have a uh, guys? What is Jughead's real name? Trivia question. I don't know. Jughead Jones. Forsyth. Forsyth. Forsyth is his real name. Jughead. Forsyth is his, Jones. Yep. Hmm. The third. The third. Oh, so and is he, like, secretly a rich dude? The, you're going to have to read the, be- the no, that was, backstory That was something middle-class white people did Forsyth? back in the day. Well, well, yeah, Forsyth. Well, back in the, the 30s, yeah. a guy named Forsyth wasn't that different. Yeah. But, by the way, other bit of trivia, a lot of people don't know that that classic crown Jughead wears mm-hmm. back in the 40s Burger was... Burger King, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, back in the 40s, it was somebody 
making altering their fedora. Like it's technically a fedora. You turn the brim of the cap up Whoa. and then you shut, then you cut it up. No, that's idea. what that was. Oh my god, that makes so much sense to how Where, it used to look yeah. like. MRI is going to start doing that, cutting uh, Jughead <laughs> crowns out of. I, I read that saying like, well, the Jughead of old is this weirdo who hates women. Like he was literally like, yeah, who needs ladies and hamburgers, and, <laughs> hamburgers, and then he and he is always wearing a fedora. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the the way the issue two brought in a lot of other interesting uh, Archie universe qualities, but in an updated way, like mm. the way Mister Lodge hates Archie, the the fact that Archie is a big old klutz and doesn't realize it, and Archie's friends doing anything to help the guy. Yeah, yeah. No one's caught him masturbating yet, right? No, not so yet. So it's not that twenty first no, century. It's not that twenty first century. But though, what is twenty first century is that Betty is she is one of the guys, and she knows how to mm-hmm. fix she knows how to fix cars and. She knows how to play video games better than anybody. And, that uh, Betty is one piece <laughs> of ace. Sorry, reference to the Monday Night movie. Uh, yeah, we Mortal had Kombat. Good, well, yes, and, technically. Technically, <laughs> via, via, via Billy Madison. Figure out the connection, win a prize. Also, uh, before I get into the Marvel and DC of it all, I did read Power Up Number 2 as well, which is this really interesting book written by Kate Leth, who is one of my favorite up-and-coming uh, folks. And it Power Up, again, is this really interesting idea of, like, what if, what if the Sailor Moon characters were just a bunch of 20 to 30-somethings randomly chosen from like suburban Canada and then they team up together and one of them's a goldfish. Mm-hmm. That's basically the comic and it's <laughs> it's it's a really cool startup for it. It's slightly slow moving. Mm-hmm. They're at issue two and I'm just like condense just I, I, I if I were her editor I'd say Condense this just a little bit more. This this origin, it's, you're getting enough space to show funny pictures, but in this two issues, maybe could have been one. Uh, though it's still really great, and I wait for the trade. I think the trade will be great. Uh, then meanwhile, in the DC universe, I read t- two different Whoa. DC books this week. Now somebody did their homework. I, I did bomb, I read Bombshells number four. Not tired of hearing about it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a weekly book, so I talk about yeah. it every week, but... I'll just say Bombshells 4 introduces Mira, uh, yeah, M-E-R-A, Mira, the the girlfriend, uh, or the girlfriend slash wife of Aquaman, and she's Mm. an interesting uh, uh, sister to be hanging out with Wonder Woman. Wait, what's what's her deal? Is she full Atlantean? um, (laughs) She's actually from, like, the Atlantean cousins, like, Mm. sort of like the Care Bear cousins, but... But and that's why she knows magic that most Atlanteans uh. don't know because she's like from the backwater Atlantis of like we remember magic. And, uh, and then I read um, Justice League number forty three, mm. which I've really been enjoying because it's called it's Dark Side War, mm-hmm. and it's this great approach that I'm so glad Jeff Johns did because I was so tired of Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns Forever Evil is great, but I'm DC had had so much trouble from just. Oh, it's time for Jeff John's big crossover. It will engulf every other book and take a year. Jeez. And instead with Dark Side War, he's like, fine, this will only be in my Justice League book. It will still be giant stuff and repercussions in this mm-hmm. huge story, but it'll just be self-contained here and you don't need to read any other shit. And so yeah, Dark Side War is, is heating up. It's still got the idea of this Dark Side fighting the monitor is a really interesting, like, mm-hmm. you know, matchup, I guess, prize fight. And the, and the Justice League is stuck in the middle. But what is I've been enjoying the most is one that Batman has now got infinite knowledge. He is he has stolen godly knowledge from Metreon, one of the new gods. Where the where Target is? Uh, oh no, it's Met- Metatron, not Metreon. <laughs> I got you. My bad. Uh, but also Superman and Lex Luthor hang out a mm-hmm. lot. In they're trapped on uh, Apocalypse together, and so it's like this angry buddy comedy. There's this one, uh, this one exchange I really love where Superman's losing his powers mm-hmm. uh, while on Apocalypse, and he's saying to uh, he's saying to Luthor, "Soon I'll be uh, if this lasts any longer. Soon I'll be." And Lex says, "Powerless," and then Superman says, "Human," and then Lex says, "You will never be human." Like that. <laughs> It was a fun exchange. I like that. Yeah. So it's been a good... I I think Jeff John's vision of DC works great when he's writing it. Mm -hmm. When other people have to write his vision of it, it's not as good. Uh, I did see Jeff John's Justice League in the strangest of places uh, this week. Uh, yeah, I think I, t- I talked in the past, even on this show, strangely, but I, I go. It's about the death of physical media. Ah, uh, yeah. I go into GameStop and like they got rid of like half their game section. <laughs> a lot of toys. It's but it's a lot of DC toys too. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's weird because I'm seeing DC 
like take over the physical presences of a couple of stores. And mm. this time I walked into Best Buy, and on oh. the on the back rack, uh, there's like this giant display, and it's all new 52 graphic novels. Oh wow! Packaged with the uh, usually the DVD animated version of it, but oh, it, yeah, it, it is been doing that. Yeah, they but it just it would just it, it it took over like a display that used that would have been like all Paramount films like back <laughs> in the day, and now it's just it's just this huge rack. Of a lot of really great DC trades packaged with their uh, equally, usually equally great uh, DC animated films. That's a really that's, that's a smart sales technique. Because you know, you take your glasses off, it just looks like a giant Blu-ray. They package the books <laughs> with like the little Blu-ray stripe at the top. Ooh, um, yeah, it's smart. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's just like, but it, I'm sure anybody listening has had forever to get those books. And there's yeah. definitely cheaper ways to do it. I was thinking about I wanted to do an article like ranking every DC direct to video thing, mm-hmm. but then I realized. I think there's. I think they're probably up it's, to about forty now, and I've seen way more. and I've seen eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more than you're thinking. Yeah, it's honestly too many. And I, in the past, I've seen that the young people disagree with my opinions on some of those DC animated uh, direct video things. Well, they're really they're like the, my my biggest complaint about them is that they're all very first drafty. They're mm-hmm. sometimes like incredibly literal translations of a book, and they don't flow well as movies. But no one bothers to adapt them. Well, they got they, they the way they churn them. I don't want churn is a strong word, but I, they pump them out so quickly. There's not a lot of time for rewriting. For it it seems like it's done at a at a hustle. Yeah, uh, but I think it's done valiantly, and it's usually done pretty respectably too. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So now let's get into Marvel with uh, Marvel. Uh, so what I saw from Marvel this week, I read. Uh, we're knee knee deep in Secret War stuff and mm-hmm. spinoffs. So read Renew Your Vows number four, mm-hmm. the Spider Man book, and it's uh, still good. Like I am liking. I mean, Dan Slott. One thing I'm loving about it is Dan Slott has some really good misdirects Ooh. in the, in the book that. I wasn't expecting either. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh wait, this this character's this thing," and it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And they're building to what could be an unexpected climax. I know originally I said, "Oh, this book feels like the excuse of why isn't Spider Man married with kids? Because it couldn't work, and here's why." But instead, this book is about like, "No, nah, probably it maybe could work, mm-hmm. and this will be the answer at the end." And I read on uh, Bleeding Cool they had this theory of like, "So renew your vows, number five. Mm-hmm. When that comes out, it will have like." five different covers and all these special collector's edition covers which everybody says like nobody does this with the last issue of a miniseries they Mm. do with the first one and so everybody's thinking this will end with like them winking and saying he'll they'll still be a married spider-man in print in the new marvel universe or this guy will exist in some corner somewhere the Peter Parker that's is in... Is it really that interesting that you'd want to see it carry on? Well, the sales have been nuts. Like, oh. the first issue sold very... Well, every Amazing Spider-Man book written by Dan Slott is sure. almost always in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But Renew Your Vows sold just as well. Like, if not better. I like, thank you, Tim. I have a copy of it. I just... It, I never felt that compelled to check it out. It's good. It, I'm not loving it. Mm-hmm. I do prefer the single Peter take, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested to see what happens when... I, I really want to see the post-Secret Wars amazing book that Dan Slott's doing where yeah. Spider-Man is basically Peter has become Tony Stark, but he didn't really plan on it. He's like, I guess I'm Tony Stark now. I'll try to make this work. This is weird. And by that, I mean he's an international playboy that owns his own company. And he owns the Baxter building. That's one of my favorite new things about the upcoming oh, Spider-Man wow. book. He Parker Industries bought the Baxter Building because there's no more Fantastic Four anymore. <laughs> oh God! They're all broken How does this up. fit into Secret Wars? This is like uh, Renew Your Vows. Very tangentially takes place in one of the battle, battle worlds. Of, so there's a battle it, world where like yes. a patchwork place that never existed. Honestly, it is me. I guess like, it would have existed. It, it's a total what if. Like it, yeah. they, they only just say Doom's name occasionally, mm-hmm. just to remind you, like, well, this is a Secret Wars. Like, really. <laughs> Hey guys, I got a letter from uh, God Doom. I said we might have won a million dollars. That's cool. So anyway, <laughs> um, and then then the other one I read, uh, the last of the new stuff I read today, Runaways number three. Oh, how is that? I I'm really enjoying it. The status mm-hmm. quo is interesting. I don't know how they're going to get out of it, and it also doesn't feel like there's. It's not going to continue post Secret Wars, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a bummer. But it's really cool that it's just basically. All these super kids, super teens, are put into a school by Doom, mm-hmm. and they're trained, 
And then they find out they actually have been trained to kill each other and they're going to be part of Doom's army. And he also sends people there who he thinks could end up being superheroes that could give him trouble later. So they'll get killed in the Hunger Games type tournament. Okay. And then, you know, these 12 kids realize, oh shit, this is what's happening. They they run away. And now they're Mm -hmm. being hunted down by... Basically, night no nineteen year old Bucky Barnes oh. and um, and Valeria Doom or Valeria Richards mm-hmm. and it's a really neat setup. I really like Jubilee in the book and Scar and Amadeus Cho. They they all really have interesting. Oh, and Cloak and Dagger. I said it before, but in the book, I love Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, they're very corny late eighties, early nineties. Like they were basically created as like a say no to drugs PSA because <laughs> mutant drugs were forced upon these these street kids and then they turn into and then they get superpowers from mm-hmm. it. But now they've been reversed. Like Cloak is the name of uh the young white lady who she's like, I can turn invisible, I cloak. And then the black guy is now dagger and he's like, Yeah, I can make daggers and I throw them to people. Like so mm. it's an interesting reversal. I like it a lot. But uh yeah, it's I definitely would say read Runaways. It's one of my favorite of the Secret Wars books, especially because it's written by Noelle mm-hmm. Stevenson who of Lumberjanes fame and she's just mm-hmm. a really, she's one of my rising star favorites of writers. Man, I, I read, I'm pretty sure I read Deadpool Secret Wars, mm. but I traveled to LA this weekend and got so drunk at a wedding, I literally don't remember anything. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let me jump into some news real quick then, since you said Deadpool. Oh yeah, that there was, was an awesome. interesting argument about how gay is Deadpool? Oh, which, oh wait, well what were you going to say? Is- oh, so they, they're going to resurrect um, Cable and Deadpool. Oh, the book Deadpool, Cable and Deadpool called Deadpool and Cable. <laughs> now, um, yeah, I, re- I re- like Deadpool. Cable and Deadpool might have gotten me back into Marvel comics. It was a night. I mean, it's such a goofy throwback. Yeah, the, the old that book was. Yeah, but I think it's coming back with the original writers. Yeah, Fabian Isaiah. Yeah, I believe. And well, that's part of the thing. So, mm-hmm. um, the current writer on Deadpool, he said online that he. He defines Deadpool as like pansexual or mm-hmm. omnisexual, and that he's just kind of interested in anything. Yeah, and, like how what is the Joker gay or straight? Yeah, well, and they reference panels of like Deadpool saying he's in love with Thor, the male Thor. Yeah, or Cyclops, and, or and then also him having this fantasy about rubbing suntan lotion into Cable's back, <laughs> and, and so then the original creator Fabian Nicea is like, in I bet you, I, I bet you'll be surprised to hear this, but. He, on Twitter, was not able to completely accurately say a statement in 140 characters, and then people overreacted to what he said. But, uh, so, Fabian said that, he said, like, well, he's not pansexual, Deadpool, that's not the character I created, Mm -hmm. Deadpool, like, don't try to fit him into your own narrative. Which people were like, hey, what the fuck? And then he's like, no, wait, please, let me explain more. And I'm kind (laughs) of with Fabian on his explanation here that he says, the way he wrote Deadpool... As a Deadpool's, the reason he's so crazy, his entire body is in a constant state of flux. That's mm-hmm. why he doesn't have cancer cells. His brain, or he mm-hmm. has all this cancer, but it's not killing him. His brain cells are constantly shifting. So he says, like, Deadpool is whatever he feels like at that ex- that moment. Like, yeah. one moment he's gay, one moment he's asexual, one moment he's bisexual, one one moment he's strange. And his face like, gets just... torn off and his brain regrows and he forgets it all ever happened. <laughs> and so I'd still say that, like, then fine, if you want to attach a label to Deadpool, I would still say that saying Deadpool is queer and that Fabian saying, no, he's whatever he is at the moment, like, that's the same thing. Like, mm, it, I it, see. It just feels like the same thing to me. That's how we all like they're Yeah, we're, we're all, every, <laughs> sexuality's fluid, guys. Yeah, don't close yourself Do, off to, yeah. to butts and dicks. Can I can I rub some suntan lotion on <laughs> yes, you? Yes, please, okay. but uh, you got to shave my back first. Mm. <laughs> and uh, now I'm straight. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I also read, I also started to read Ultimate End. Ooh, uh, which I really need to get into that more. Well, it also reminded me like it's pretty good that this book is ending because I really fell off with the Ultimate Universe yeah. and seeing six one six Tony talk to drunk Ultimate Tony. <laughs> like when did when the fuck did this happen? Yeah, and who is who and which one is bad? And like it was it was really confusing. Mm-hmm. It was a little confusing. It, that, I mean, that takes me back to that article you shared with me about a year ago, just or months ago, saying yeah. like. They gave Ultimates a couple more chances, like have a crazy thing happen and see if yeah. the sales go up. No, they didn't. All but right, it was supposed to simplify it. Marvel Universe continuity and just opening it up. It's like, well, that 
at it this point, that's complicated completely as hell. That is completely failed. There's two yeah. Spider-Men talking to one another, and like it is, it's it's failed, and it's ending. And I want to make sure I keep up with it, but it is definitely something I have to read again and get a little more background on how they got there. Yeah. Because it seems it, it seems like a either it's continuing continuity over from the Ultimate Comics I wasn't reading, mm-hmm. or they just started something fresh and haven't told me anything yet. But I do want to keep up with that one. But the mm-hmm. big thing that I read, and I cannot believe I have to talk about it, but I want to so much. You finally gave me the Andre the Giant yeah. uh, so uh, you, box you brown book. It one, last night or? one sitting. Yeah, that's one, how fast I read it. One yeah. sitting. It was Easy. glorious. Uh, I was particularly fascinated by um, Brown's um, depiction of Andre. I, I love the style. It's a very. It's a very. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it. A very. Well, at times it becomes like almost Charlie Brown. And, yeah, it's, it's very, very minimalist. It's a very minimalist mm-hmm. take. And then when. Andre gets in the ring. I love how he, all the pages become stark black, yeah. and the, the little glimpses of white are the action. And, the, and it just yeah, that's a good. Yeah. I never thought of it. it like got, that. Well, that's I just good. have never seen a page that black before. It, <laughs> none more black, Hank. Um, <laughs> and I and I was particularly fascinated. His I was almost moved to tears by his like his take on the Chuck Webner match, which is something I've never heard. And I, I hate to go off in, in wrestling, but he just crams in so much information. Oh yeah, like even like even if you don't know anything about wrestling, how Muhammad like Muhammad Ali almost lost a fight to a man named Chuck Webner, and that was the basis for the story Rocky. Yes, uh, and that that man was Chuck Webner. He went 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali, and I, I, I again I can't even see what happened. Like the the fight was. He won. He lost by decision, just mm-hmm. like Rocky did. Rocky's a fucking great movie, uh, but also that it literally made wrestling. Mm-hmm. They had rest. Like most of us haven't. It made me go watch those videos. Like uh, wrestling was already picking up steam, but it made it caught a mainstream audience because they had Muhammad Ali fight a Japanese wrestler, Antonio Inoki, and they had the the Hulk Hogan of Japan. And, and well, they, and they <laughs> had beat it like that. And they had, <laughs> they had Andre the Giant fight Chuck Webner, and it's just mm-hmm. it's insane. And he's like and and. and, and Brown's take on it is like it's kind of a work, it's kind of isn't, and mm-hmm. they make they make you want to. Th- I love his take on it. I loved his take on the Webner yeah. match. Like that alone, I want to recommend the book. It's one of the most fascinating times in like 1970s entertainment mm-hmm. history that I, I I don't know. I wish I could have been a part of somehow. Yeah, it made me. I went and watched the full 15 minute match. Like it, I say, I read it in one sitting. I put the book down and went and watched the full match after his <laughs> depiction of it. It is so weird, like. Sorry to go off on a wrestling tangent, but mm-hmm. like between that and mm-hmm. like Mr. T fighting against Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. how if you were a part timer like coming in to do one match, mm-hmm. you're kind of not given all the secrets. No, like because mm-hmm. that's why I think they were protecting the business back then. People way still more. debate whether like Chuck Wepner knew he wasn't really boxing and that he was because de- <laughs> he throws what looks like real fucking licks at a certain point when he gets mm-hmm. mad. Yeah, um, it, and I love I just the art in that book is it's yeah. such a great retelling of that. Like uh, that and mm-hmm. that's my huge. High from the that book makes book. me want to call everyone boss. Boss. Yeah, boss. Boss. <laughs> I actually, that's one of the things I find irritating. Every, uh, every, every proprietor, foreign proprietor of a place around my, <laughs> the, the mini marts, the cafe, the Tony Bolognese, like, here you go, boss. Like, don't, I hate, stop it. Stop I, calling me boss. My favorite little story hey, in that boss. is that he, is that he watched the, he watched Princess Bride with T- Terry Funk. <laughs> and then when it was over, Terry Funk was like, that's a great movie. And Andre says, want to watch it again? They immediately watch it a second time. And, well, and not, yeah, not to go off on a wrestling tangent, it just, I, I encourage people to check we're, it. We're fully it, engaged in wrestling. Well, it, it, it's more, it's more like the style through which he chose to write a biography. And then yeah. if you, if you go into the appendices, it's just like, well, any of us can do this. He's literally mm-hmm. like drawing something that was said for five minutes in an interview. Yeah. No, that's and he's, was, he's making a coherent biography out of it. It's it was great. It was fun for me to read it because I say I'd say one in four of the stories mm-hmm. I was reading it and I was like, oh wait, I remember hearing this yeah. story. Like I've seen this Let's, in an the, interview the, before. It, it's two or three. It takes almost all the anecdotes from two or three things, mm-hmm. uh, like larger than life, the documentary about him. But that's the thing. Like it is common knowledge, but he made some a beautiful piece of art. Like. Inspired an original art out of these things we were all familiar with. I've heard those stories before. Well, and then Andre is like he's a living myth. Like Mm -hmm. everybody's like they'll tell your Andre story. Andre, he he is like a a Paul Bunyan type guy to most wrestlers who came up with him, and so that's what Box Brown really captures so well. Just like I hope he's doing something else. Yeah, he's a living myth. Like he's. I I know. Actually, I after giving it to you, I, I. 
I gotta remind myself. I, he has like a he has a place where he's selling prints, like he's done really? prints oh, and drawings of current and classic wrestlers too. I need to check that out. But yeah, Box Brown is great. Is Hulk Hogan in particular looks like he's straight out of Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Like I, I don't know if we talked about this, but like Hulk Hogan telling the story of. Hundred the Giant being racist, and they, you know, that clears up by the end of the book where mm-hmm. he's racist well, against the it was, Brown. It was, it, was, it was Bad News Brown. It was from her Bad News mm-hmm. Brown interview. Yeah, yeah it's uh, you guys got to read it. But yeah. let's check in with the Walking Dave. Yeah, so uh, I did, I did forget this week's uh, Dave's homework, but mm-hmm. I did, as my name it, as my name uh, says, I did read Walking Dead. Okay, yes. and this was supposed to be a big one. This mm-hmm. was the issue after. Probably the biggest bloodletting, like the biggest single bloodletting ever. Since the war or ever? Yeah, I mean, it's up there with, you know, Lori and uh, issue 100. Wow. But, so this is the issue after. Okay. And this is the first time, like, those those two, mm-hmm. I had read in, like, just quick succession. So, like, the first one was in the first compendium, and that, the issue 100 I read right after I finished the compendium. So right. I had, like, three or four other issues since then. This is the first time I've, like had an issue after a crazy event in real time yeah with time to like think on it or whatever and it was like it was well over a month since the previous issue and even like i think i may have taken this wrong but uh, it, uh in the issue before this uh robert kirkman said there will be a whole compendium's worth of heavy shit and i thought like heavy shit that means like more action and then mm-hmm. i'm like i read this issue and it's just like those other two where it's kind of like a real like come down from mm. all this action well, they, just them saying like well then this happened and i'm sad that this happened yeah and like, i'm gonna miss this person yeah and like a little bit of like one of the people in their group now is a former member of the uh i forget what they the whispers yeah so there's uh i think it's either michonne or andrea just like trying to kill her mm. because oh i think you're still with them and she says no and then ha- the other half of the issue is like let's go get them now <laughs> no, let's go back to the community and tell them what happened. And before they even tell the community what happened, it's like boom, end of the issue. Yeah. And now there's an it's another at least a month wait till the next issue. So that's yep. frustrating. That yeah. like yeah, I, I I don't know. I just hope that like uh, yeah, you can have this issue, but you should follow it up really quickly because mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I just and like you'll my always uh, want all the story at once. I, like yeah, that's that's, that's that is why I fell off Walking Dead. I got up to monthly. And then the month wait, I was like, eh, fuck this. I, I can't I can't take this wait. It mm-hmm. is driving me crazy. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, I wish you had read your thing. Uh, you better yeah. next week. But just because it's so timely because it was fantastic. I know. I think, I think the movie made me get sad. And- <laughs> you couldn't stand it. I can understand. I don't know. I get that. I, I'm, still, I'm still hugely bummed out by the fallout, <clears throat> fallout of the film. Yeah, yeah. I... Well, we'll get into that with the con- with the forum comments from last week, but maybe so for punishment, I should read like a bad comic, uh, <laughs> like maybe one of those after Watchmen. <laughs> no, you you only give so much time to. We don't want to waste yeah. your time and your homework for this. But okay, Dave, seriously, you got to have books yeah. to do and finish next week. All right, should, but should I take Put a the second down, and Hank. then we'll have what? double homework because for the people who read okay, along, yeah, we should do double homework because yeah. they probably finished books of doom. So let me uh, grab the pile of homework real quick. Mm-hmm. You got to check out Deadpool uh, Secret Invasion. So, based on our previous conversations, there is Deadpool Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. a great starting point for Deadwood, Deadwood, and uh, the Justice League collection. We were just talking about mm-hmm. how great the Johns' version of Justice League is. Take both, Dad. You have no uh, choice. I'm going to stick it than the other. I'm going to take Deadpool. Okay, that does is, this explore sexuality? No, no. Uh, it's just but funny. This is Deadpool Secret Invasion, a great starting point for any Deadpool reader. When ah. people have t- asked me. Where should I start with Deadpool? That's a good one. It takes place during the invasion from the shape-shifting scrolls who can take the form of anyone. Mm-hmm. Not much you really need to know there. They're like commies, Dave. Ah. <laughs> they were. They are a very old commie idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's. Yeah, we should just take a break. There's a ton of news to get into in the uh, after the break. Plus, your answers to last week's question of the week with all your information about Fantastic Four, including some really funny stories people had about attending. Let's say. Private screenings of Fantastic Four, oh in boy. that they were the only person there. <laughs> oh boy. So uh, we'll get to that after the break.
Hey everybody, welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cave Crisis. Uh, this is a fun, fun, fun one. We're really enjoying it here. And I just want to say thanks to everybody again who supports us, whether it's through Amazon links on the page, whether it's through telling people about how great the show is, reviewing it on iTunes, or most importantly, supporting us monetarily each month through patreon.com slash laser time. We've had uh, so many great uh, things, but every extra dollar helps, and we really appreciate everybody who's been giving to it. You get all these great extras, and it helps make this our full-time job, which we've been doing now for about, oh, two whole months. Jeez, can you believe it? Also, now it's time for the Hanks Corner Pick of the Week. You know, people were reminding me of this, and I totally forgot about it when talking about knockoff Fantastic Fours. But one of my favorite knockoff Fantastic Fours of all time are in the book Planetary, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. I love the book Planetary oh so much. It was 20, I believe 26 issues all told, though they also had a couple crossovers, which was really good. The team of Warren Ellis and John Cassidy is one of my favorites of all time. And the entire series is pretty much just this like history of comic books told through action and sci-fi and snarky British characters. It's its so interesting. It's such an interesting book with some of the most gorgeous, gorgeous art I've ever seen in a comic book. John Cassidy is, is, a, is a god among men. And the Fantastic Four, not to get too spoilery, but they're kind of a big part of it too. And you should definitely check it out. There's been a lot of different collections of Planetary. I have the super fancy absolute planetary collection. There's planetary omnibuses. Or you can just start with the first volume. All of it is all of it is good, and you should totally check it out. So that again, this week, I know I've done it before, but I'm doing it again. Planetary, if you've never read it, let this be a good reason to do it. Okay, now back to the rest of the show. Welcome back, everybody, from the break. This has been a great episode, and after a... I'm pronouncing already, it's been a great episode. Uh, And we have a ton of news to talk about, but we got to truncate it a little bit. But I know, Chris, you want to talk about D23 some. Holy shit, that was kind of amazing. Um, It was like their own Comic-Con. It's gotten that big now. Yeah, the fact that uh, the Civil War footage was shown there, and if it's Mm -hmm. anything like previous cons with Marvel footage shown, we might never see that. I mean, it, it until we see it in the film, and I, I don't, I don't, yeah, we might never see that footage, but I, I yeah, it didn't sound like a trailer. It sounded like no, a, no, it was yeah, it was just a, a long. It sounded like an extended scene of um, Cap and Falcon mm-hmm. and Black Panther yeah. and Ant Man with Ant Man, yeah, Ant Man being apparently funny. has a good funny moment. I mean, that's what you need Paul Rudd for, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. just be him hanging out to say like, "We're like Tiger." <laughs> and I, I, love that I, line, I, so. I wish I was more excited about the Star Wars news because it's so mm-hmm. fucking exciting. You, oh, you mean Dis- the Disneyland Star Wars? Yeah, just that, like one uh, to t- just to tangentially tie it back mm-hmm. into Cape Crisis shit. The comic is great. There, we're done. Yes. Um, I, issue it, eight came out today, and I have not read it yet. So. It, it just that it, it sound like if it's like everything will be in continuity, and there'll be all these different species and characters. And again, if you know how cast in costume like, as those I had the experience aliens. when I worked on DuckTales the game it was like mm-hmm. we want to get uh, Uncle, the Uncle Scrooge costume for Comic Con mm-hmm. and Disney was like you can't do that here's how you can do it um, you have you can you can't get you cannot rent <laughs> costumes you can get Scrooge McDuck and you, oh. you can get Scrooge McDuck and Scrooge McDuck cannot come to your Comic Con because Comic Con doesn't exist in Duckburg you have to build a piece of Duckburg and then Scrooge McDuck Whoa. can show up. Um, and, and, wow! And that's how that's how serious Disneyland treats its continuity. So they should a, take that. I like yeah. to take that shit seriously. It, like seriously, but, imagine yeah. that that dedication to detail in a Star Wars universe where everybody's wow. in character and like maybe even mm-hmm. referring to you as filthy human scum mm-hmm. and leave your stupid. Leave, it's a, referring to your phone to turn your stupid droid. Your droid isn't welcome in here. Turn, <laughs> only <laughs> iPhones are allowed. Like all, all that shit made me really really excited. Like yeah. like a very serious deep fantasy of walking through uh through Star Wars but on the on the other hand I, I, I'm broken and heart. I'm heartbroken over the idea of losing Toontown, and I get it. That place, your, is, your Toontown is it's te- it's 
it's d- game over for Toontown. I've always idolized looking at it. I, I never got to go to it until I was uh, 28. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can see why Disney isn't very fond. It's it's really all based on Roger Rabbit. Which they which, barely even had a piece. They, they barely had interest in when Toontown opened. Yeah, who remembers that? All the rides are terrible and lame. And like yeah. even the good stuff about the place has been shut down because kids wouldn't stop puking and shitting in the fucking Chippendale uh-huh. Acorn <laughs> Ball Pit. And so, yeah, when especially when space is at such a premium in Disney yeah. world. that yeah. I, I love the idea of Toontown and the Roger Rabbit. Rabbit film and having it represented and having all these kids walk through and maybe having great experiences mm-hmm. uh, and they don't even know it's based on Roger Rabbit maybe it'll make them more curious I always love that and it, it, I'll definitely be sad to see it go I, I don't know if you've ever had that kind of conflict as a dork mm-hmm. I want I, Star Wars Land 2 <laughs> uh, but really Toontown I, that makes sense I had this exact feeling mm-hmm. when the Simpsons ride replaced Back to the Future the ride oh, yeah. I, I, I can totally understand that's that Future is I'm, my Star yeah. Wars and then I'm like oh there, yeah. there's a Simpsons ride that's awesome what's it replacing oh oh, oh. oh no oh, my favorite thing yeah, I, at least it. I can watch it on the Blu-ray <laughs> yeah in standard definition yeah. yep. for some reason well but maybe they'll have like a Roger Rabbit sort of uh, reference that, that on the ride, ride they will they, uh, that, that, uh, oh my god that'll yeah. be so fucking weird they, they do it every time <laughs> yeah every time a ride gets replaced they have an there will be a reference a small reference to it my my the creepiest one uh, being if you go to Disneyland and go on the Winnie the Pooh ride, mm-hmm. it stupidly replaced Country Bears. I know Country Bear is lame. That fucking <laughs> Pooh ride is too, and I'm a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. It yeah. is fucking terrible. I'd rather see a jug band of bears. Honestly. So if you if you go into the ride in the dark room mm-hmm. and you turn around, uh, the stuffed talking mounted heads that introduce you to the Country Bear Jamboree are dimly lit and looking over you from behind Ooh. when you go into the poo ride. It's Ooh. it's it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, jeez. Uh, well, also, well, fortunately, we'll have a lot of time to think about the Star Wars things because it probably won't be around for like five more years. Yeah, it, it's it takes a long time to build uh, theme park attractions. Well, it's just that that Toontown is shutting down. I think at the end of this year or early mm-hmm. 2016, well, which means I'll be making a pilgrimage with the GoPro camera and. Well, and though also people are hoping to hear announcements of Marvel rides at mm-hmm. Disneyland. They can't have them in World. Uh, but all the the only thing there was the Iron Man experience that'll be at Disneyland Hong Kong. No, I thought there was is, some talk of Marvel ride set up in California Adventure. Uh, if there was vague talk about it, I didn't see it. But there was okay. no there was no announcement like on the level of Star Wars. No, I, th- I but, thought I heard. I thought I read a pretty legitimate report that like. Marvel I read rumors was, ahead. I read rumors ahead of time, but not not out of D three. And I could D3 talk about this forever, as you know. But California Adventure is the most earnest, sincere, adorable work in progress because they literally made a fucking theme park in California, celebrating California. <laughs> like like forty five minutes outside of L A is a recreation of L A. Like what the fuck, yeah. guys? So it's, it's slowly being converted. Choice. And to this day, I'm pretty sure you can walk through a giant exhibit where Colin Mockery and Rosie O'Donnell tell you how they make. Mission Tortillas, <laughs> and I hope they bulldoze that thing into the fucking stratosphere well, and build all the Marvel shit on top of it. Well, they also showed off the thing that's now becoming dated before it even comes out is the Animal Kingdom becoming Avatar Land. Well, a part which, of it will have Avatar Land. But, like, th- who time. fucking cares about Avatar? Any, Isn't any, Cameron working on a new one? Yeah, two and three, three new or, ones. Yeah, there's three new ones. Uh, oh, okay, but... It, and on the other side of things, let's talk about D- DC and Warner Brothers and huh. their work together. So you put it up on the site, uh, kind of um, a guide to like Gallery. the covers, yeah. the galleries. Yeah, the uh, Looney Tunes crossovers. Yeah, they, they range from ugly to incredible. Inspired, and then some of them are just so, like, it looks like you threw clip art on a Deadshot cover. Yeah, so in, in November, they're going to have alternate covers for almost every book, almost this every is, regular this book. This is awful for me. With Warner Animation characters uh-huh. on them, drawn by, they're all credited to Warner Animation. There's not a credited artist for the person. Really? There's a credited artist for the comic artist who drew the characters. Got it. But the person who drew Bugs Bunny is Warner Animation. And, but... Huh. My my favorites are the ones that were so specifically re- yeah. some of them just like well yeah we're just throwing here's Sylvester on a cover Sylvester and Tweety in a silhouette and Superman costume yeah. is, is is great it, yeah but I'm more into seeing a recreation of Superman versus Muhammad Ali except Ali is replaced <laughs> by Crusher yeah. the oh, wrestler you got the his Crusher name the wrestler right. from you're it. adorable well I wrote up I wrote the words you got the images I wrote yeah, the words so I, I double checked every name I was like 
Okay, I better be sure here. Yeah, that's right. That's the Crusher. That's Gossamer. That's uh, I can't tell if it's that's a... from Duck D- Duck Twacy, the Duck the Duck Detective. <laughs> I can't tell if it's insane or pathetic. I have a a book that's all about guides to Looney Tunes characters. Uh-huh. There's only about forty. Yeah, and some As of them we are... learned in Space Jam commentary. <laughs> yeah, and some <laughs> some of them some yeah. of them are like Cool Cat, like. This isn't a fucking cool character. cat. Cool cat. Like cool a, cat's the fucking uh, worst. Batman like coming down on Muggsy. That is inspired. Mm. Uh, Mermaid Bugs Bunny with Aquaman. Fucking my the, my the Catwoman and Tweety. That looks drawn by the same person. Oh, it's Speedy Gonzalez and Roadrunner being chased by the Flash. Yeah, Just and they're beautiful. outrunning him. Mm-hmm. That cartoon. It is from the bad era of Warner, but them doing a Speedy versus Roadrunner cartoon was like yeah, the Superman. Versus flash races of my of a, my younger days. Uh, my favorite is the Detective Comics cover of Duck Twacy yeah. with the Joker, oh, Catwoman, people. all the Rogues Gallery behind him, drawn in that way. Latertimepodcast.com. Like, Do it. Duck Twacy is one of my favorite cartoons, and it is just a bunch of just jokes about. Yeah, it's bullet nose. It's this guy. It's this guy. And it's dude, just gag drawings over and over again. That Black Canary cover with her doing a usual suspects pose in front oh, of other yeah. famous Warner Brothers birds. Foghorn Leghorn, the uh, Frankenstein-y Tweety, and the... <laughs> forgot his name. He has a name. He has a name. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That is good stuff. But And so I think those it's really three cool. Cartoon, those are some of the best cartoons ever. It reminded... Those covers also reminded me of the... When I was a kid, one, my Beaky favorite... Beaky Buzzard, that is his name. My favorite uh, McDonald's toys ever were the yeah. Justice League Looney Tunes crossover ones because they were Looney Tunes toys... That you could then dress as the, the you could snap on their outfits. So you had a Bugs toy. That's good enough. Like I've got a Bugs Bunny toy. I got a Daffy Duck toy. This is great. Now mm-hmm. I can dress them as yeah. Super Bugs and nice. and, and Duck, Bat Daffy, and Bat Daffy, all and the and the, Wonder Woman, Petunia Pig. Yeah, I they guess. had to have a girl in there. <laughs> that is the most interactive a Happy Me- Happy Meal toy. Will ever be. That's, like, that's, you're forgetting I, about the Transformers. Yeah, that's what really? I hate about Happy Meal toys now is they don't even do figures anymore. They're all like a character that does one thing yeah. that eliminates all imagination. Yeah, well, even, they never have like points of articulation because yeah, then see. you're getting into action figure territory. It's true. Toys R Us won't have that. And also in the DC world, there was the announcement of DC's TV has been great, but there was a, a strange TV pilot that's getting greenlit that we'll see if anything comes of it. Have you guys heard of it? The powerless one? No. It is okay. It? So it is the office set in the DC world of an insurance company <laughs> that cleans it. up after destruction, which is a clever idea. Yeah, Marvel's had that for a while. I know. That's what I my answer shield? to it was just saying like, no, they it is. <laughs> Actually, I guess Agents of Shield. Like the, the, best episode? episodes, yeah. the best episodes of Agents of Shield have been them showing up after the movie mm-hmm. to go like, uh, "How do we fix this?" Yeah. But no, the in the comics there was this book called Damage Control, one of my yeah. favorite books of all time. Super funny, and it uh, Powerless is kind of the same thing. And reading it made me reading the news made me bemoan the fact that Damage Control has never gotten a proper reprint of all its mm. issues. To then, but then I immediately looked on Amazon like, did they even reprint like the first four? Then I see October, mm. the complete uh, uh, the, the the complete collection of every miniseries and uh, one off book they've had over the last twenty years. Does that include Irredeemable Ant Man? They yeah. figure in very prominently. Yeah, it, I, well, actually, no, I don't think. I think they're only counting their appearances written by Dwayne McDuffie, mm. who is their the late Dwayne McDuffie, who's their writer. And it's did it, you say the first the comic took was? Uh, them cleaning up the Twin Towers? Uh, Spider-Man and other superheroes fight a giant robot that that smashes between wor- the two World Trade Centers and they're askew. Barely remember it now. They're askew oh, no. and the damage control has to fix it. And then, and yes, you're right, Doom cries. Like, <laughs> Doom cries. that time. Actually, the, <laughs> the second or third issue of the book is them trying to get Doctor Doom to pay a bill and they go to the Latvian Embassy and like, hey, you're going to pay for this, Doom. Literally, here's the check. Like we need a check. Like that. Uh, you guys pre-ordered through the link on this week's episode page, and there was a bunch of other news. Like say, oh wow, you know Patrick Stewart's going to be Wolverine three. Who didn't forget? Who would expect that? Me. Or that Zach? Oh yeah, Lee Schreiber is going to be there. It's, they're talking Sabretooth coming back. And I mean, he he's a good actor. 
whatever. But there's but he's also, a much better. He's got Chris the ultimate role ahead of him in Chris there, Benoit. <laughs> and there's also a new Lego Joker on the scene. Zach Galifianakis is going to be the Lego so Joker. Weird. That. I mean, they're just they, they're casting comedians. It's a comedy movie. Like they're not. They're Is not, that for the that's for the movie, not the game. No, no, no. Okay. Well, because there's a Lego, there's a Lego Justice League directed DVD thing coming mm-hmm. out next week that is traditional voices like Mark Hamill's in it, among other really? people. But. Uh, but this movie is like no. This so is much the, for retiring from that role. This is from the well. He, he he came back from the dead, as it were, pretty recently. I'd say. But we did uh, we did stream this week on youtubecom slash oh, yeah. network the 1989 Batman skins, the Keaton yeah. Batmobile and Batsuit. It was pretty uh, amazing to looks hear that. Great. It's a li- I think it's kind of a weak piece of DLC because you can't mm. use the Batmobile. In battle mode because it's, it, it doesn't looks, transform. It's it, the it's the eighty nine. Well, hey, that one had guns. I remember it. It opened. Oh, yeah. it, it shot it a, a rectangle in a door. So it I remember could drive it through. could shoot. I remember my toy had the it could shoot the missiles. It had also, a bomb in the front. No, did you guys have the toy? Like the, I had the toy. The McDonald's toy. No, the the real no. toy that you put your Batman action figures in. No. Mine can't. I, I I was spoiled enough to have gotten that for Christmas. I was going to mention it. And the best thing about it was. That it came with the cover, like the bat mm. armor that goes around it. It came with its own plastic <laughs> oh, that's cover. Right. You just sat it on. on I did remember it. the yeah. commercial. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But it's it. I think it's only two dollars. But as it, part of like oh the DLC. Yeah, yeah, it's part of like a forty dollar season pass and like skins mm. and like since you can't use the Batmobile in the game, even though you can, but you should not. Yeah. Uh, they they included two racing levels, and we I was that are of Bat, the Tim Burton it, world. It has the Danny Elfman theme, and mm-hmm. we were literally stopping, looking at uh, fucking Danny DeVito's penguin car, and then it had penguins with rockets strapped to their back, yeah. littering the track. And the very and the very conspicuous um, Joker, Joker balloons, Bob's like, car. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. That was great. I I mean it's not as good as I'm, I'm plugging it because DLC, like we were streaming it but oh, yeah. no one was seeing it and someone just it, it went up on YouTube and mm-hmm. someone just referred to it as the lost episode yeah. the lost stream <laughs> oh and uh, in a sad note uh, the original Batgirl Yvonne Craig passed Craig away age seventy eight mm-hmm. if I had been taking bets even a year ago I'd say like she will outlive Adam West certainly like did he mention her in that one like joke on the Simpsons where it's like. The only cat women no. that I recognize are no. this one. Batgirl, it's... Julie. Oh, Batgirl, sorry. Yeah, sorry. she's Catwoman. Batgirl. That, they, they had a familial bond there. Nah. He was not into her. Is not it? like Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar, and uh, Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Here's what I think is weird. Mm-hmm. The heroes of Batman yes. have all outlived the villains. Yeah, wow. That's true. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, I, I think mean, there I might think be a Catwoman ta- left. I, I guess Adam West took care of himself. And you know, Burt Ward. Yeah, and Yvonne Craig, 78's not a yeah. bad age to get to. Well, you expect women to outlive the guys. and like that's, Unless they have a husband, because that'll mm. suck the life right out of you. And that's according Split to statistics. Okay, it's, yeah. it's according to statistics. <laughs> uh, all right, but let's get into some FF news before we get into the FF forum comments. Mm. So this has been like the gift that keeps on giving, because the film is not good. But there still is, like, fallout of the film. Like, we even talked about it breaking news last week on mm-hmm. the episode that, that Josh Trank has lawyered up, Ooh. that, they like, this is getting dirty. And and there was more news that has leaked out of it now, too, that first off... Oh, God. We talked about it uh, in our review. Like, in the trailer, a major point, major point of the trailer was the thing dropping down into a war zone and fighting stuff. And, like, they made that the button on every trailer. Like, yeah, aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in the film. Or it's in the film for two seconds as over Tim Blake Nelson's shoulder. And so people were wondering, Weird. what the hell happened? And so there was um, uh, somebody... EW has an article. EW dug into it, mm-hmm. and EW had multiple stories. One said that Josh Trank filmed it and wasn't happy with it and cut it. The other was that Fox was not going to pay for the expensive special effects yeah, to Lily. complete it. <laughs> And that the third was that uh, they Josh Trank was there, but it was filmed by a second unit because Josh Trank was basically handcuffed at this point of like, you wow. legally ha- can be on set, but you don't get to say shit. But wow. then the people who filmed it filmed garbage. And they're like, this is unusable. <laughs> so uh. we we have like two seconds of this. Let's just put it behind him. Like, it's just, that's just a microcosm of how fucked that movie was. <laughs> yeah, and there's, I see, oh man. I'm picturing I, like John, Josh Trank in that final scene, like where the, what do we call ourselves? And he's just like biting the script. BirthDeathMovies.com has an, look at the early draft of the script. Yeah, from which the, 
Yeah. I'd really like to read this in full. Do you now, know anything more I, about I read it? a bit about it, too. It was passed mm-hmm. along to me by our old pal Shane Patterson, who I wish was on. Patapon. I, I had all these talks with him about it mm-hmm. online. and But, yeah, the, that script from the report on what the script was they i i don't think the script is is public but they've mm-hmm. read it and you get to imagine the best case scenario with that mm-hmm. script but when they you read about the script they're like well it was pretty much the same for a third of it except Susan Storm did more stuff Franklin Richards wasn't really a character in it Doctor Doom makes more sense they tease Galactus Sue has a really cool moment Jesus. and it's like the, these things keep getting named like why did this get dumped like a, a good script doesn't equal a good no no movie. it doesn't and it's not necessarily and filmable it's a it's yeah. a first draft so it's, and that's what Shane pointed out to me too is mm-hmm. it's just like everybody films go through a million yeah, things yeah, yeah. like he said he said there are so many people that work on films and make decisions on it it is shocking any film is ever made yeah like, <laughs> yeah we were we just we had watched that. Uh, the life, the life and death of Superman lives, yeah. and like everything, all that comps I'm like, wow, why didn't they make that? But like, it's so batshit insane. Like Brainiac having a uh, a zoo of creatures flying. Like most of the movie took place in space, yeah. and Ooh. Superman had a robot pal that for briefly transformed into his suit. And like the the concept art is beautiful, and you wish that would come to light. But if you really think about it, it would have been fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. But like, so you, all that pre production, multiple scripts, yeah. multiple costumes, yeah. multiple uh, concept art drawings, Actors. not a single second of movie footage yeah. shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that, and that's also what uh, Shane was kind of explaining to me too. The Fantastic mm-hmm. Four that. It's shocking that they... Well, it's not shocking because they're like, this timetable has to be mm-hmm. met and we need to start now. Mm-hmm. Like, legally, we need to start now. And they didn't know exactly what they wanted. And yeah. they that's just like, you have to have a shitload of pre-production for these things. You can't yeah. just start filming it and figuring it out later. Especially when you have an unproven guy. He said... Uh, Shane compared it to uh, how Joss Whedon said he also had a ton of interference on Avengers 2 and actually is like se- seemed a little crabby about production on that film. Well, he, he was his, you know, sort of his exit interview, so yeah. he was... Yeah. But he also had the power to be like, but I am Joss Whedon, and... Well, he, I, he lost and, a couple battles. Yeah, he lost some battles, but he also was like, this wasn't his first rodeo, unlike mm. Josh Trank. And, uh, and he still ultimately had Marvel's support. So, yeah, I believe, if I'm, like, no, I'm paraphrasing Whedon, he hated the Thor dream sequence. Yep. Uh, but and sacrificed they, it to get in the Hawkeye home sequence. Yeah, the way he talked it up, <laughs> it was like it was a negotiation mm-hmm. for, like, a hostage negotiation. Mm-hmm. Like, you give us that Thor sequence or we're killing, we're killing your baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I, I've been really enjoying all this news coming out of it, I have to say. Oh, and, and in the D23, they, they talked about Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I love that Kevin Feige that. was just like, "We're gonna make a weird fucking movie." Yeah, because and then most Marvel movies that come out that aren't directly Avengers related have taken a different tone and style. Mm-hmm. And fuck yeah, I'm so excited for like a yeah, weird, was, trippy Doctor Strange movie. It was probably far too late in the process, but mm-hmm. when Guardians of the Galaxy came out last year, they could have looked at it and said, "Oh, you can't, you don't have to make everything." Yeah. You don't have to make everything in this mold. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy still hits a lot of the beats of superhero origin thing, but not in the ways you expect, and it can take a second to be like, nah, let's just be goofy. Yeah, it's, and just and it's barely related shit. to the rest of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. The more yeah. you think about it. No, they're they're in their own Only corner. in, like, Thor 2 would do any of those characters even talk to the rest of the <laughs> yeah. universe. Yeah. I mean, and that, Thanos. I'm trying to think... It, it... Do they run into uh what's his name Ronan? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronan the accuser. Do they run into him earlier in the movie? No, because no. it is it is sort of like the same. They just yeah they just meet at uh, nowhere. You just have yeah. you at least have you have a much better setup for who Ronan the yeah. accuser is. Yeah. That's for sure. Then you get a Victor Von Doom. I mean, had the same problem as Ant Man, where it's like these. I don't really understand why these people hate each other because they barely even know each other. <laughs> but, well, but drops. Guardians gets over it way easier. Yeah, some. that's I true. Mean, but so I would say you don't need to ever you probably never need to see the Fantastic Four film but all these like news stories are just even if you don't give a shit about the Fantastic Four they are a very interesting insight into Hollywood and, are, and how just stuff like, gets made and as Shane pointed out to me he said like most it's almost like mafia level if you're if you're that high yeah. you don't burn you never burn a bridge you don't talk shit on a production like this mm. you don't and that one tweet was like he broke the rule and yeah. I wonder if that's why it's been more open than before because maybe Fox is like, oh, fuck 
this I guy like if he's going to say this. Will... We're going to send out leaks too. Like... Well, I like the way Phil put it. If Dave, you weren't here, that yeah. that tweet. I'm sure you heard about the tweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that, right. that literally Fox can prove that cost them ten million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Uh, words that wow. you can actually prove that you could make we a case. We would have made more money this weekend. You cost us ten million dollars yeah. with, a, with a, a tweet that was briefly up. Mm-hmm. And I don't. You know what I. Do you think that uh, Marvel, like, kind of, like, really just pushing Fantastic Four away in the comic realm, did, do you think that helped? I don't think that really did much no. of a difference. Because I, I think it was, that's, that's what it made, made me sad as a that's fan. That's why we yeah. keep doing, like, What's Your Favorite Story? Hank wrote up an awesome article about Fantastic Four stories you could read just because, like... I know. I, even I want. I'm. I'm. It, I'm attracted to talking about it, but yeah. I, I'm fucking depressed that everything <laughs> surrounding the Fantastic Four is bad news. Everything yeah. from all sides. It from totally all sides is. of everything. It yeah, sucks. it's it's just sad. Like here's some more bad news. I got no comics, the, no toys, <laughs> shitty movie, bad <laughs> Denny's food, I, and and also I just got sniped at the last second on that thing statue I was bidding on. Oh, eBay, no. Man, what a bad. It, I had, it up, <laughs> I had it up to 15 bucks, and the guy got me a 15.50 at the last second. That's, that's why I Hank hate he Hank was bidding on a thing bust on eBay that, look, it's just a fucking bust. Yeah. And it's a dollar. It was a dollar. <laughs> it's a dollar. Like, it's like it, you shouldn't be able to get a thing bust for a fucking dollar. Well, I also thought they were going to be more collectible because Marvel is not approving busts. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm hoping next year they'll be like, all right, there probably won't be another Fantastic Four movie for like five years or something. So mm-hmm. let's just give you a little of the FF stuff mm-hmm. you like. Uh, but so what? I'm did, dying to know which cast member said I don't think so in response to I, Josh Trank is the best well, superhero movie Miles, ever made. Miles Teller seems like the biggest a hole, but I <laughs> he does have an asshole face, but I'm sure he's a nice dude. Oh, he's got this terrible mm, article about that him. that interview with him ain't so great either. Which one? Uh, you the one where he says that um, a glass looks like his penis, and then he says that he's much more attractive than people think he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You haven't read this. Clearly, I have, I have not. not but I, I admired uh, Josh Trank for leaving his acne on. Uh, yeah. for the movie. <laughs> Unlike in those posters where they like slim his yeah. face down, yeah. he has a kind of pudgy face and he has pockmarks. Like, just lean into that shit, man. Uh, but so our audience uh, in the forums, they had thoughts on the film too, oh, as we yes. asked them. So last week's question of the week was, "What did you think of the Fantastic Four film?" And there were so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I, I had to had to limit it a little, but I really just head into the forums and read the whole thing for that question of the week. But uh, first responder, who I like to always start with, Triscuitable, they said. Uh, Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans had amazing synergy, but the rest of the film was hot garbage. Yeah. I think Triscuitable, you're watching the wrong, wrong film, movie. buddy. Uh, John Wahizel says, "Well, the cam footage file I downloaded skipped oh, around God. to different <laughs> scenes, so that looked oh, terrible." Uh, but then he says, "In all honesty." We had a high-profile creator visit our comic shop two months ago, and he had seen an early cut of the film and told us how bad it was. So I wasn't going to go regardless. However, I'll read the hell out of the tell-all book that comes out of this debacle. Oh, God. Josh Trank really getting the early word out there. Yeah. And, and John, <laughs> John is bad. usually the guy who reviews our Marvel films yeah. and our comic books. He works see, at a comic Seeing shop. him just putting his foot down like, I'm not going to go yeah. see this. Hmm. I do I, admire that. Hmm. And uh, we, yeah. yeah, all right. So Zap Razdauer said... Uh, anyone who visits the forums knows uh, how I feel about this. But long story short, I was hoping for the best, and after the scathing reviews comes out, I went in expecting a gloriously awful movie. What I got was a fantastically boring movie yeah. mm-hmm. with the female lead being sidelined throughout the entire thing. <sighs> Quote, sorry, girly, this is a men's only adventure. You can get your powers by proxy. That is so... Why insane. doesn't she... Why, why would they write with them? that? Just have a fifth fucking pod. Was that a reshoot she couldn't be there for? Maybe. I, it I, doesn't make any sense. It makes no goddamn sense. Well, I know, sense. like, technically, somebody has to let them back in. They could have just done it on a timer or Nope. Franklin <laughs> fucking yeah. storm. No, because uh, because remember, she just showed up. They were coming back with or without yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman boy disagrees with us that we say that it's. Uh, they say that this is one hundred percent the worst modern comic book movie, and that counts yeah. shit like Jonah Hex, Catwoman, and Elektra. Me- yeah, it's just and they like, say, and I'm saying this as someone who watches all of them. Yeah, it's just like there's there's an embarrassing quality to uh, mm-hmm. to, to Catwoman specifically. Is like it is fucking embarrassing to like that character and yeah. be sitting here watching this. There's Fantastic Four. It, like there's there's something darker and nastier <laughs> underneath the surface that's keeping us Cat from seeing Wolf, a good movie. Catwoman overall, just from the bedrock, we're like we made bad choices and we're following them. While yeah. Fantastic Four is like. We had some good intentions, and that like frustrates you more. Yeah, Catwoman is like an incredibly cynical, like j- just like errors, like errors mm. throughout the movie, like yes. very, very, very bad, just 
bad continuity, bad framing, bad dialogue, mm-hmm. bad script. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's different from it Fantastic It seems like almost Four. Revel in its badness, whereas Fantastic yeah. Four is or, just boring. It's just nothing. Well, Revel in its badness versus like, hey, we're campy. They're yeah. just yeah. like, it's a campy thing. Uh, Watership. It just, it's, yeah. I think incompetence plagues <laughs> uh, Catwoman, whereas Fantastic Four is just is a too many cooks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Too many cooks. Too mm-hmm. Watership Down Syndrome says, I don't know about the movie, but I think the people in charge at Fox must be insane. They mm. just remade FF. They also remade Hitman. Now they're going to make remake League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. Of all the things to really try and make into something that sticks, those are the movies you go to bat for? What? And also like, remember, they, they are those luckily, all contractual things. They like, did remake X Men. Yeah, technically, First Class is a remake, and then and then they gave up on that. Yeah, <laughs> well, and then they just kind of shifted into like maybe it's also a sequel. they unremade it, <laughs> uh, but then they also unmade the sequels that preceded it too. Yeah. It's it's a weird. It just Days of Future Past is a really great movie. Yeah, but it's it's fun, it's, it's fun to deconstruct what it does it to might its be own at the end of the day the most comic booky movie ever. Just how it's very complex and retcon shit. Yeah, and, like yeah, it, yeah it, it undoes the movies that came yeah. before it. Uh, to the Matt Cave says it was so boring. Yeah. I went to it after work on Tuesday, and my friend dared me to give the film a standing ovation when it was over, no matter how bad it was. Well, that wasn't a hard <laughs> dare to pull off since I was the only <laughs> one in the theater. Oh, I wish I wish I was seeing that. I started to fall asleep from boredom about forty-five minutes in between the new Dragon Ball Z film and this piece of shit. In the span of three days, I managed to have the most fun I've had all summer in the theater and the worst time I've had all summer. Period. Wow. And Moan for Stallone says, I got free tickets. I got a free ticket via movie cash off a copy of Wolverine Origins on Blu ray. That's finally paying off for you. Good for you, Moan for Stallone. Uh, And then lastly, uh, I'm not going to read it because Nanook, uh, the user Nanook OTNL, wrote basically like a full review of the film which uh-huh. is very interesting I, I really liked their their whole thing mm-hmm. uh, but the but I can't I'm not going to read it all for you guys mm-hmm. here just, just head to the forums and check it out but I will also say Nanook mentioned that they saw it at the Alamo Draft House which ah, they said that drink, what, what ended least. up well it's where movie fans <laughs> go to watch movies they said that what ended he said what made it interesting but also ended up making the film even worse was that it was preceded by like 30 minutes of a cut together celebration of the Fantastic Four in in all things and it had clips of the 94 FF and mm-hmm. the other FF films together and then also clips from all the crappy cartoons FF has been in even making fun of Kirby, uh, the, the the robot, wow. and then lastly, most of all, they said that uh, Nanook pointed out that the music behind it, he realized afterwards, was Final Fantasy music, aka FF, yeah. set wow. to the FF. That was I. So many great stories in there. I, I had to skip over some, but it was. I challenged somebody really out there form. to edit all three if you're crazy four mm. fantastic four movies into uh-huh. one good film yeah i want to see if somebody can do that's it that's like under an hour and just cut together scenes let's shoot for 85 minutes okay <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's without credit yes all right well this week's question of the week wanted to well i could i could talk about fantastic four all the time and or i almost thought of doing a theme park one but we actually had that question of the week not too long ago so this week's question of the week is just because I've read so many funny books lately. Like, I talked up Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Howard the Duck, and Damage Control. I was going to ask, what is your favorite funny, or what do you think is the funniest comic you've ever read? Or one that made you LOL, even? I really want to show you, when we get done, I'm going to show you a panel from God Hates Astronauts. Okay. It is the Venture Brothers of Comics. I plugged it, the shit out of it last week. I've been reading more of it. It constantly cracks me up mm-hmm. um there's a really good spider-man panel i gotta show you all right i uh, just like i haven't because it's not only the dialogue but like i haven't seen a lot of comics where the art is just like laugh out loud hysterical mm. uh it yeah it, i really out. liked it uh damage control is definitely gonna be my number one mm-hmm. because there's been so many great postmodern meta funny stuff in the last 20 years but this damage controls in the late 80s when that wasn't all that new or i mean it wasn't it wasn't all that out there like people 
you didn't see mockery of tropes and stuff like that all the mm-hmm. time. And so this was it was a really great uh, way to look at that. Though I'd also say She Hulk by Dan Slott is an is is an hilarious book, yeah. especially the first year. Mm-hmm. Such a good book, but also has a really good action in it. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a, a light plug there. for Bizarro comics. Oh like, yeah, the new Bizarro so book. Is there a new Bizarro book? Oh sorry. Well, Bizarro in the in the. Post Divergence, mm-hmm. Bizarro was a really fun book. Mm. First issue, they fight King Tut of the D- <laughs> of the Batman uh, Adam West series. Except King Tut is a used car salesman who runs King Tut's uh, pyramid of deals. I'll never forget. Patton Oswalt wrote a book in that wrote an yeah issue in that re- book. And by by wrote, it's literally the song Jingle Bells Batman Smells, <laughs> but drawn out and depicted. You, you know, real quick, there's a lost. Well, it's not a lost comic. They published it, but it's not really in print anymore. Pat Oswalt wrote a Justice League comic. Really? Like it was a one shot, like 48 pages, and just of this guy, this kid who basically gets to be the insert of Pat Oswalt at age 17. <laughs> gets to go to the watchtower and he's walking around and gets to meet all the he's watching all the superheroes and so he's commenting on each of them and one of my favorite bits is that he he spies uh, Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. and he says like man you know what if Martian Manhunter is the guy you get into and you it's such a Pat Oswalt line he says mm-hmm. Martin Martian Manhunter is the superhero you get into when you when you become a teenager and you and you think deeper you know Superman's Elvis Presley Martian <laughs> Manhunter's Bob Dylan I was like <laughs> That's I. It gave me. I still Calm think of Martian Manhunter as the Bob Dylan of DC. <laughs> Davey. Um, so I was initially going to say the comic that you just gave me because it's Deadpool, but right. uh, it's a little cheating. Yeah, one I remember really enjoying back a long time ago uh, was this comic called Action Philosophers. Action Philosophers. Uh, yeah, I just remember actually picking it up at like a New York Comic Con at like some which Dave gets to wander into being living in a cool <laughs> city that. very jealous yeah, little so Florida I, uh, boy Long Island and I just uh, like oh this this looks like an interesting premise it's like mm-hmm. Plato and a- Aristotle and Socrates <laughs> and like you know just Socrates. famous minds Gandhi uh, like Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm and it, uh, you know, kind of tells their stories, but as superheroes. Interesting. It's funny, and you learn things. Ooh. Also, Evan Dorkin, pretty much all oh, our Dorkin stuff Milk is hilarious. Cheese. Milk and Cheese, the Eltingville oh. Club. Yeah. It's, it's also great. But, all right, so I want to know those answers, uh, what you think is the, what's the funniest book you've ever read. Mm-hmm. Put it in the forums. I'll read the favorite ones next week, just as I did this week. And, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. And let's get into the plugs real quick. Ah. Uh. LaserTimePodcast.com. <laughs> Laser Time this week is all about SNL movies. We should yeah, have an, a companion yes. article ranking all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we streamed a bunch of fun stuff this week, including the new Batmobile and uh, um, SummerSlam predictions for WWE. Yep. Shift show should be really fun. We're doing like because everybody wanted us to do Monday Night Movie. Uh, they wanted us to do Mission Impossible. So why not play the N64 game that thought it had a chance of golden eye <laughs> success? And in addition to that, the Sonic Dream Collection. Ooh, you guys boy. are in for a real treat if you have not. Seen this I still haven't seen yeah. oh, Look it boy. all up on YouTube afterwards. Yeah. And then you can join us 3 p.m. Pacific time, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Yeah. It's when we're streaming stuff. You can hang out with us live. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday. And, uh, also, oh, and bonus time this week is yeah. so good. Oh our, our buddy Aziz. Uh, opted to use his hangout time to record bonus time with us with a cool topic mm-hmm. of what it's like to, to dating life and growing up geek in Saudi Arabia. It's so it interesting. is fucking it fascinating. Is so, I I wanted to ask him a million more questions. It's, it's I, so great. I can't plug our Patreon enough right now because something's got to happen either with soundproofing or getting a new studio. And <laughs> hi. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know. I feel depressed and cold. Oh, we, we love you, Chris. We love you, Chris. And we love all our patrons, too. Mm-hmm. And that's also where you can listen to Talking Simpsons. There's mm-hmm. always There's been new episodes. We're almost through the first season. Uh, me, Chris, Bob Mackey, and sometimes Dave talking about classic Simpsons episodes together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, you and I recorded a new podcast this week, too. Yes, Cheap Podcast, where we talk about uh, some of the great wrestling we've seen recently, like New Japan and uh, Lucha Underground. We also run through uh, all the... the ton of matches that are going to be happening this weekend, including uh, the Green Arrow fighting at SummerSlam. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Amell. Uh, and Video Game Apocalypse this week uh, talking about um, one-shots. Yeah. Aha, tying it into Cape Crisis of the last generation. <laughs> Games that never got sequels, one-shots that probably deserve sequels. Indeed. That is awesome. All right, so yeah, check all that out. Go to lasertimepodcast.com to read it. And that top seven I wrote about canceled comic book games. And until next week, Excelsior! Excelsior!